we're going to enter into a time of worship. We serve indeed an amazing God. He's been faithful throughout all the years. He still remains God. He's still the same. He changes not. So this very moment, we have every reason to bow before his name, to worship his name, to exalt his name, to declare his majesty. Begin to lift up your voice and worship him. You alone are worthy, you alone are worthy. We worship you, O oh God. We declare your greatness. Among all the other gods, there is none that can be compared unto your name. May your name be glorified, may your name be exalted. Shall praise your name.
Done great. 
Second Samuel verse 7 to 22 says, Lord all powerful, you are greater than all others. No one is like you, and you alone are God. Everything we have heard about you is true. Indeed, he has done great things. He is the God all powerful. He is greater and greater than all other things. Begin to declare his greatness, his goodness. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. 
mercy, oh, come, oh, let us adore him. Jesus, who died 
We exalt your name, O God. May your name be exalted, O God. And may your name be glorified. 
We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name, oh God. We bless your name, oh God. We worship you. We worship you, oh God. We worship you. We worship you, oh God. We worship you. Ekada na 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 na
We worship you. We worship you, oh God. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, oh God. We worship you. We want to continue praying as we open the book, uh, the prayers that move runs to page 32. Page 32, we're going to take 68. And based on that, we're going to pray. Amen. Amen. 68 says, I am created in and for the glory of God. I am created in for the glory of God. Therefore, the access into grace realms is granted me. Therefore, the access to grace frame is for me. My life will continue to be a glory brand. My life will continue to be a glory brand. And a fire brand in all of my days. And a fire brand in all my days. To conquer me. To conquer me. To overtake me. To overtake me. To make me fall. To make me fall. It's never possible. It's never possible. No matter the rent that seeks to destroy me and mine. No matter the rent that seeks to destroy me and mine. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We're going to open our mouths and begin to pray. Ebra sai da 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 da
We give you praise, Father. We thank you so much. Amen. In the glorious name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. We give God praise and give him glory. For blessing us with another day. And we don't take for granted the blessing of another day. To some people, it's another day to do the usual stuff, meet your appointments, and 
go about your job and do whatever you've been doing for the past the past whatever duration but to the wise that's different to the wise the wise is not just another day you know somebody I know at work he keeps saying this Another day, another nickel. <laughs> another day and another money. But he goes beyond that. And how far it will go for you is dictated by you. Amen. After the last book, the eighth book, I had inspiration to just take my time because I thought it was not God instructing me, but me picking up inspiration from his atmosphere. So I wasn't rushing it. I felt to do, I was working on two books. Didn't even touch them enough. Just let them be. But that last um, two weeks, Friday, as I came to pray, the only thing he said to me was that, finish the books. Like, he didn't give them to me. But not knowing that inspiration was from him. And um, he as looking forward that every day we work on his project. That is the wisdom. And that is the reason behind every day God gives you. See, he reigns on, like the Bible says, God reigns on both the wicked and the righteous. Right? They all drink the rain. Like it, all, it has what it does for each of these groups. It has what it does for the wicked. It has what it does for the righteous. We haven't seen every day like the other people who are not for God. They also see the same day we see. But Jesus says something. The efficacy of the day as its own burden, like he was telling them, don't be thinking about what you eat or what you wear, because life is more than what you eat and what you wear. And Jesus gave an example to the extent that he said, the birds of the air that are sold for almost nothing, they don't work by God provides for them. He also went on to say, Solomon in all his wisdom and his riches, it was never arrayed like the flowers, which blossom today and withers tomorrow. You know, flowers don't really last. But Jesus said that the flowers are more beautiful in appearance than any garment Solomon could ever wear. That's what Jesus said. Yet, they blossom today and they are wasted tomorrow. So it was like when you were going by the day and it's all about 
what you eat, what you wear, what you have to materially do, you are wasting the day. Because even animals don't, don't really work like the best of the year and the flowers and all those things. They even get provided for. So he says, how much more you? That's what the question he asked them. How much more you that your heavenly father cannot provide for you? You wicked people that you not even give stone and snakes to your children when they ask for food. You think God is so wicked that he will, he will let you struggle in a day just because of what you eat and wear? No. He says, efficacy of that day is the day's own burden. So, but the day is coming to you for a reason. And Jesus said, as the days come, I must do the work of my father. So Jesus marked the days as days of working for his father. David said, help me number my days that I may apply my heart unto wisdom. You can turn it off if it's too hard for you. Help me number my days that I may apply my word, my heart unto wisdom. So the reason for each day for a believer is not the usual work day, but it goes beyond that. It is the day to go on a project for God. And whatever project he wants you to do, it depends on where your heart is, where your mind is, and what you are looking at. You understand? There are days, you can go days without hearing the, the voice of God, but you can, your heart, you realize that your heart is talking to you. There are things that we can do for God. And you know the funny things? Sometimes these things that God wants us to do, people don't see it, but it's not about people, it's about him. See, that's why he said, it's not just because you mentioned my name, Lord, Lord, so I know you. It's a personal thing. So Jesus will heal people and tell them, don't say it to anybody. Because it's not about just people know him. It was about the fact that he saw his father heal the guy. He says the son only does what he sees the father do. So he saw the father healing the guy and he healed him. He says, don't tell anybody. At the same time, there are things that he did that others had to know. That project is also there. So you will have private projects and other projects, but they all come together to help you manifest his will. Amen. So make it a very powerful thing in your life that every day you are on something. You can be on a reading project. You can be on a meditation project, a prayer project. You understand? You can, you can be on planning project about God and his work. Let a, a part of the day come into you reflecting on, like Paul said, let your mind think of the things in heaven. That's what he said. Think of the things in heaven. It helps you to walk out of a lot of demands, you know, a lot of stress, a lot of weight. If you think of the things in heaven, it relaxes you. It's, it's a beautiful therapy. When you realize we are doing, anytime I do, I'm doing God's project, 
I don't see the world. I don't see the world. And it's beautiful. Sometimes I even lose conscious of my, of my environment. And that is a place you always want to be where God is. And every day God is in, is, is in his project. He's in what he wants you to do. So, the new prayer book is here. Dynamic prayers. You can take it out. Still working on the next one. This is very voluminous, right? About 300 pages, but we have a lot in it. That is a blessing to our heart. As I thought I was finishing, more, more, more will be added. And it's, it has a, a different structure, which is very nice. Mm. It is well. Amen. And the beautiful thing is that even this book, the first chapter, you have a lot of scriptures before we, you move into the prayer of thanksgiving and worship. There are a lot of scriptures that even our, you can just go through them and personally, we can use those scriptures to just worship God and thank him. And even our highly esteemed worship minister has a lot of scriptures there now. And now she wouldn't have to be looking for which scripture to come in. Uh, read for but they are there so it's like before you even come to minister there's, there's a, a scripture that has been ministering to your heart from the book and you can use it and the best is a beautiful thing is that you can pick a, a worship scripture for the for the whole month you see we are prone to wanting new things oh, but you used that scripture last week why isn't it? It's, it's, it's useless. The way people want, like they tell us about the end times. You know, but what have you done with the new times? <laughs> you know, end time messages. <laughs> it's funny. People like new stuff. But funny enough, every day you grow old. Why don't you grow new? Uh-huh. It is only the spiritual people that understand growing new every day. You know, we can have one worship scripture for the whole month, which is our reflection. You know, and then you can even tell us why that scripture was chosen and the power of what is in it. It makes it more relevant. We should be interested in what ministers to us that we give back to God. So we will not rush in trying to get new things every day. The new things every day for us are what the master wants us to do. And it's beautiful. We have a section of it that is tongues of fire where there are points where you just read them like a scripture is there and I, is there pray fervently or effectively in tongues for the following. So you've seen the following and you are just blasted in tongues. Holy tongues. And that was one part he wanted me to add. And I'm like, wow, this is it's beautiful. It's, it's, I think that's my favorite prayer book so far. 
It's beautiful. It's just, it's just so nice. It's just so nice. And we thank God for that. Yes. We are looking at starting the Sundays very soon. And there is a revelation here on something we can look at. It can be a pattern because it came from Jesus. And it's lovely. They took the communion. And when they took the communion, they did something which usually we don't do. But it's supposed to be done. Let's read it in, um, in the Amplified. Um, Mark 14. Hmm. Mark 14. Twenty-two to twenty-six. Mark fourteen twenty-two to twenty-six. Is it on? Okay. Very sensitive microphones. Mark 14, 22 to 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, giving thanks and praise. And he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take it, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup of wine and given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant. My blood, which is being poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. After they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We've been... Rejecting this, we've been ignoring it, let me put it that way. But that is what had to be done. After they took the communion, they sang a hymn. The other version says they worshipped. And then they moved on. After taking communion, that is where we worship. In the church. But we don't do it usually. Lots of churches don't do it. When I saw it, I'm like, thank you, Lord, and forgive us. Amen. So, communion taken should not be the last thing we do. 
You see, it shouldn't be the last thing we do. It should be one of the first things we do and then we move into worship. You get it? We move into worship. So we, are, we will take time and reflect very well in prayer and see how we can incorporate it into our services. It's wisdom. After they had after they had sung a hymn, now they went out. Hmm. So they met purposely because of that. You know. So let's be reflecting it. That's not what you're talking about, but to give you an idea of the realities of some of the things that we will be having our services. Amen. With a few minutes remaining, let's go back to the word of God and um, see what we have for tonight. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. We start from verse 1 to verse 6. Yes, amplified is fine. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. Therefore, let us get past the elementary stage in the teachings about the Christ, advancing unto maturity and perfection and spiritual completeness, doing this without laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of teachings of teaching about washings, ritual purifications, the laying of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. These are all important matters in which you should, you should have been proficient long ago. And we will do this, that is, proceed to maturity, if God permits. For it is impossible to restore to repentance. Okay, that is verse 4, right? Yes. So let's end in verse 3. Um, verse 3, and we will do this, that is, proceed to maturity, if God permits. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We, we hit on this two weeks ago, right? And we need to get into the wisdom of this. If we are seeking, oh boy, you will love this. As I was working on the other book, okay, that was like yesterday. So I, I hit a point where in the chapter, I had to really talk about the Holy Spirit in connection with Jesus. And that chemistry, bringing it into the ordinary language, the English, it was so hard. Because you need to express it in a way that when somebody reads it, the person will not have questions. 
And I was just there, I'm like, I don't see how. <laughs> and this is what happened. Then, as I was speaking in tongues, the Holy Spirit said, let me answer for myself. And then he gave me what to write. Amazing. Can you, can you imagine? He, he was telling you what to say about him in the language that is hard to express it in. And then he made it simple. Language is actually, they are funny. Here was I was struggling. Struggling. How do I? Because I knew the concept. This is, this is about, that is one hard thing about writing spiritual books. Because mature people read it. Less mature people read it. Believers will read it. Unbelievers will read it. So it's hard. <laughs> it was a blessing, I tell you. It was. And that is a teaching that is not elementary. You see, let us get past. We have, it's, 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 it's a conscious effort that the people of God, we have to get, we have to get past the elementary stage in the teachings about Christ. We have to get past it. But if you don't know it and you don't understand it and you've not had it work in your life, how do you get past it? He was not saying that, let us put it aside. Let us not pay attention. He said, let's get past it. That means that they've been there for a while. This is Hebrews, right? I'm about to shock you. The same Hebrews. Why you know that he said that? They've been there for a while. And he's, he said, we got to go past this into what? Maturity. The other versions will say, um, into perfection. Perfection. And you see that list of what he calls the elementary stage. What was the list here? Laying again without, you see, we should go beyond this, without laying again the foundation of repentance. So, understanding repentance, you should go past it. Repentance from dead works. Teachings about ritual purification. They had that thing in, in, in the... Uh, I mean, the law of the Jews, you know, teaching about spiritual purification, um, obeying this, obey this, do this, do that. The laying on of hands is it? It says, "Let's." It, it is all basic. Not that it's not important, but there are more deeper things. That is why you don't just remain in one one stage of education, like all, all, all they teach you is. Um, Poems, right? Rhyme, and then that is it. You can't, you can't do anything with rhyme. And then you move up to the next thing, move up to the next thing. So where you can say it's okay, even if you walk out of school, it's fine because you can read and write. <laughs> Elementary. The resurrection of the dead 
and eternal judgment. These are elementary teachings. But all what we are doing, we will be judged. Why is it an elementary teaching? Did you know Paul spoke about blessing men and women of God and serving God more than end time resurrection message. It was in the book of Thessalonians where he went deeper. But a lot of things he wrote were all about your life in Christ and things you do. Because although you stand before Christ on the judgment day, your real judgment is here. Even as you are here, your everyday work and walk with the Lord is your judgment. You know it. That's why Paul was bold to say, I finished my course, I finished my race. What awaits me is a kind of righteousness. He didn't say what awaits me is judgment. What awaits me is a kind of righteousness. Because he knew how far. Why is it elementary? Let me try to make it very practical. If a guy robs a bank and is, has a court date, was arrested and has a court date, don't you think he knows? The day he was, the day he robbed the bank, he knew if I should get caught and go before a judge, I'm, 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 I'm over. So going before the judge is not a surprise of what the judge is going to say. Because he knew already that I'm, I'm done. Usually robbing a bank, probably 35 years in prison. He, he knew it. <laughs> so there is a projection of your placement when you check out of this world. You know it based on how you walk with him and, and what you are doing for him and what is asking you to do. You, you just know it. So, if these things are all elementary teachings, what are other things in Christ that are more powerful than these elementary teachings? See, they should bring your mind to a lot of things. The microphone is disturbing you, so let me just read it. When you go back to Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews 5, look at what Paul said to the church. The same letter he was writing to them. Hebrews 5, 12. There's what he said. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Have you seen what he said? Yeah. For though by this time you ought to be what? Teachers. Because of the time you have had to learn these truths, you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's word from the beginning. And you have come to be continually in need of milk, not solid food. What, what are the teachings was given them? Quickly from verse 1. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in things relating to God so that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with the, spirit, uh, with the spiritually ignorant and misguided since he is also subject to human weakness. Verse 3. 
And because of this human weakness, he is required to offer sacrifices for sins for himself as well as for the people. For And besides, one does not um, appropriate for himself the honor of being the high of being high priest, but he is called by God just as Aaron was. She was describing how people became high priests and what they did as high priests. They have to first of all, when they get to the holy of holies, they had to sacrifice for themselves first because they were sinners before they do for the people. And these people were appointed by God. Verse five. So too, Christ did not glorify himself so as to be made a high priest. But he was exalted and appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten or fathered you, declared your authority and rule over the nations. Just as he also says in another place, You are a priest appointed forever according to the order of Melchizedek. 7. In the days of his, of his earthly life, Jesus offered up both specific petitions and urgent supplications for that which he needed with fervent crying and tears to the one who was always able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission toward God. Why was Jesus heard? Right here. Because of his word, reverent submission toward God, his sinless and his unfailing determination to do the Father's will. This is the highest teaching in Christ. To purposefully project your life to do the Father's will. Thus, if any child of God gets to this place in your life, you are heading towards maturity and perfection. What he said in verse 6. You understand? It goes past. It means you've, you've gone deeper into. From those basic elementary things. Into the main thing. This is what Jesus did. Verse what? 8. Although he was a son. Who had never been disobedient to the father. He learned active special obedience through what he suffered. Hmm. Perfection and truth, right? Perfection and maturity. Nine. And having been made perfect, uniquely equipped and prepared as a savior and retaining his integrity amid opposition, he became the source of eternal salvation and internal inheritance to all those who obey him, being designated by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Concerning this, we have much to say and it is hard to explain. Watch this. See what he's saying? We have much to explain which is hard to, we have much to say which is, and it's hard to explain. Since you have become dull and sluggish in your spiritual hearing and, and uh, disinclined to listen. He told them, when it comes about learning obedience when you suffer as a child of God, to be in the will of God leads you and opens you to a lot of suffering because you are fighting the world and fighting yourself from letting go what the Father wants you to do. And then you also fight yourself 
to come to a place of total obedience to what the Father wants you to do. Because life fights you with its necessities and responsibilities. And to remain spiritually stable is also another fight. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and powers. Against rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness. They are fighting you, not because you are too powerful, but because they want to distract you from the Father's will. See, why do you think Satan doesn't stop you from water baptism? It's elementary. He can make you fall. You see, the fact that you are baptized in water does not make you strong. He knows that he can make you fall. So he doesn't fight you on that. Or you want to receive Holy Ghost baptism to speak in tongues? He doesn't stop you from that. Why? He still can make you fall. Haven't you seen Holy Ghost people falling? Yeah, they speak in tongues. That's not a big deal. He starts fighting you when you want to enter into the will of God. That fight is called wrestling. We wrestle. It's not because he doesn't want to get married. He doesn't think of a marriage. <laughs> Every distraction around you that looks like it's hard to achieve is there to take you off focus of his way. Check the Bible. Then it's charged. Check the Bible you will know. Amen. We think we have to pray because this one is going down there and this is going bad and this is good. By the time you are done praying about all these things and trying to face all these things, you are time far away from the main thing he's with. It's a smart distraction. Why did he tell Jesus, Satan, tell Jesus, if you will bow, I'll give you all this glory of this world. Just bow. Destruction. Just bow. Jesus knew by the time he is done, he will still get the whole world. Plus a name above every other name. If he had bowed to say that, he only get the glory of the world, but without a name. And the name is the main thing. See how he distracts. So you fast and pray about finances. You fast and pray about jobs. You fast and pray. I want children. You fast and pray. I want my, my marriage is bad. And when you are that, you fast and pray. I need admission to that school. You fast and pray about that. By the time you are doing this and you are doing this, you are doing this and doing this, and even because of that, you go to church and therefore you look for where they really pray about these things and prophesy about these things because you won't have solutions and, and miracles about childbearing, about marriage, about finances, about job, about admissions, about international visas. Then by the time you realize that, oh, so I need to do something for God. You are 60 something. And even in your 60s, still praying because of social security. He hasn't come in yet. A distraction. And those who are in the basic elementary teachings don't see it. 
They don't see it because they are still struggling about what repentance is. Still struggling about this spirituality thing, about laying out of hands, about the judgment. It's become walls for them. Hard walls to break down because these things are hard. And they are conscious of themselves. And listen, anybody who remains in these elementary teachings is conscious of sin more than righteousness. Have you realized that? They are caught because they are struggling with repentance. They are struggling with trying to, you know, move away from what is making them so, so sinful. So they struggle and then they promise God and then they go back in and then they promise God again and they go back in and the word of God is waiting for them. And they don't get matured. They don't get perfected. They are confused. What they do is that they now go by signs. What they feel, what they hear becomes their teachers. But there's an elementary thing that must be he says, by now you ought to be teachers. By now you ought. That's what he said. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. By this time. They ought to be teachers. But they still need to be given the foundation again. Who is Jesus? Who is a Christian? Who is the Holy Spirit? They have to be given that by this time they ought to be teachers teaching others of the elementary stuff because they've gone past that grade. Now they teach others to come up and they themselves are finding themselves in the path of the will of God just like Jesus did. And he says we have much to say but it's hard to explain because they are dull, intentionally dull. It's not because they were born dull, but intentionally dull. See what a, a Christian would do for anything but these things. You realize that Christians don't fight for understanding in the things of God. They don't fight for it. They will fight for their job, fight for their finances, fight for anything. Christians don't fight for understanding. Do you fight for understanding? Do you fight for understanding? It's, it's, it's very practical. Do you fight for understanding? No. Amen. So we are, we are always there in that place. But look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Verse, let's start for seven again. And then in, in the days of his earthly life, Jesus offered up both specific petitions and urgent supplications for that which he, he needed with fervent crying and tears to the one who was always able to save him from death. Jesus had petitions and urgent cryings before God. What was he crying for? What was he urgently praying for? He says, and he was hurt because of his reverent submission to God. His sinless and his unfailing determination to do the Father's will. Sometimes people don't understand why they are not answered. Jesus had a target to do the Father's will. 
You see, these are the higher teachings in Christ. That is, how many times will you go to a church and they are fervently preaching about you fulfilling God's will? Did you know that there are some ordained pastors, bishops, apostles who don't even know God's will for them? You'd be surprised. You will be surprised. They are ordained. Some have large, large crowds. But you tell them, what's the will of God for you? Oh, you know, I'm just here preaching, taking care of the, of the flock of God, you know. And so I believe I, I find fulfillment whenever I come to church and I'm pastoring the people. I find fulfillment, you know. And I think that's my calling. Ask them, if God has called you, what message did he give you? Oh, he gave him the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a lie. That's a lie. Because movie actors also can preach. Sometimes when you're watching movies, they even preach better. The way they are acting and preaching, then is far better than the original ones we do. Because when he calls you, or when you find a place in where you're calling us, you realize that there's a message. There's a mandate. There was a vision and there was a language. Remember I talked about this before? Four things. Not the general thing. We got to preach. We got to preach. It's not about that. It's about what he gave you. <laughs> what he gave you. Jesus was not distracted. That's why you don't see him teaching his people about demons, you know, demonolo uh, demonology, you know, the study of demons. You know, we have demons like this. No, 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 no. He didn't even talk about the kinds of angels. He was just about the Father's will. And the Father's will for him was to die. And before the death, to prepare some people to take up the torch. And from these people, the gospel spread. When we read the book of Acts, the Bible says that and the church, they continued in the apostles' doctrine, in the apostles' teachings. So the apostles also had a message common message amongst them that they gave to the church and the church continued and then Paul came into the scene and also had a different message that is why he rebuked Peter in front of people when Peter was moving you see now Peter has gone to you know preach to Cornelius and so you know that now God is okay with Jews and Gentiles working together so one time he was with them, you know, and then when he saw the other Jews coming in, he separated himself, himself from the Jew, from the Gentiles, so that they don't think that he's now with them. And then his Jewish followers did the same. And Paul saw it and gave him the blast of his life right in front of everybody. And then there was a, a problem which was not really part of their teaching because they didn't have that message concerning circumcision. 
Because they thought circumcision was for only the Jews. And because Paul was given a different message in a different language. You know, the language is not physical language. But the language is an authority of the vision. The authority of the message is the language he has given you. Do you understand it? The authority of the vision and the authority of the message he gives you is a language. And what is it? Paul came back to report to the apostles of what God has you know, done with them. And he says, when it comes to the teaching of circumcision, this is what the Lord gives give me. If circumcision of the flesh is what qualifies somebody to enter into the things of God and please the Lord, then we are failed because the actual real circumcision that the Lord desires is the circumcision of the heart. Where your heart is separated from the evils of this world for the Lord, that's circumcision. So allow the, the Gentiles who are not circumcised because they didn't have the law like Moses gave the law to Jews that you should be circumcised. The Gentiles didn't have the law. So they were not circumcised. So they were like, they can't be part of the church until they are physically circumcised. And Paul had personal uh, disciples who are not Jews and they were not circumcised and God was using them. So he said, it is of the heart, not of the flesh. Another a different thing. And the apostles talked about it and they thought, you know, and they, okay, what Paul is saying is true. Let's go by what Paul said. But Paul was never with Jesus physically like they were for three years. Different message. So we can't just say we are ordained and we are called. So this is what we are just preaching, you know. We preach and we preach. No, no, no. There was an order of the call. The genealogy, remember? We don't just mix up things because they sound good. And they sound convincing. So let's, let's make it, you know. And people adapt message. Okay, let's make his message our message. That's not what God wants. And these things are what tag you as you are in perfection in Christ. They tag you like you're mature now. Not just... <laughs> oh boy. Uh, he said something to the Corinthian church. That was also amazing. Hmm. It's also amazing. Let's let's look at that quickly. Um, First Corinthians chapter three. We are done. We are done. First Corinthians chapter three, verse one, and then um, we add three and four to it. Probably. So first Corinthians three, one to four. However, brothers and sisters, I cannot talk to you as to spiritual people, but only as to worldly people dominated by human nature. Mere infants in the new life in Christ. <laughs> he went to them to give them a visit. And then he came back 
And look, this, most of these epistles were all written by Paul when he was in prison. And let me just write to them. And he was writing to them, to the Corinthian church, and he said, I could not talk to you as spiritual people. But they were all believers. They were believers of Christ. But it says, I could only talk to you as worldly people. <laughs> you know what the flesh is? Dominated by human nature. So we have believers of Christ who are dominated by what? Human nature. They think more in the flesh than in the spirit. They are reasoning. Let me give you an example. Look, this week something hit me and I changed my mind on, on that statement. You know, we used to say this. You know, we, we say that. Say money, money for some tree. And I'm like, Wait. If we think like they think, then it's true. Money, money, money don't fall from trees. But wait. Jesus said, I am the vine, meaning I'm the tree. You are the branches. No. <laughs> are you getting it? I am the tree. You are the branches. If Jesus is the tree. Then the question is, can money fall from tree? Yes. From where we reason. And guess what? First, first John 4, 4. It says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who is the greater? Jesus. This tree is in me. So if the tree is in me, what happens? When I shake myself, he's shaking in me. And how do you get the thing to fall after you shake it? So I am a tree with money. Is it how we reason? But the ordinary mind will say, you are not making sense. Dominated by what? The flesh, the human nature. He says, you are mere infants in the new life in Christ. Because if anybody be in Christ, a new creation... But they are, they are babes, they are infants. They are not able to grasp the reality of their calling into Christ. They still see themselves as, ah. you know, they are still in Christ, but they, they go out a little, into the world a little, you know. They, they mess up a little, they come back. A friend of mine told me, he said, in South Africa, you see somebody in church singing, dancing, doing things, they go back and if they are prostitutes, they go back to prostitution. Church time, they come to church. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Babes. So they are attracted to gift manifestation, not wisdom manifestation. They like the manifestation of the prophetic. When they say you can prophesy or you can do, they will come. But when you want to open them to the reality of what they are in Christ, they can't handle it. Meaning, they also change the message of the pastors. Mercy. These are the things that infants do. He says, my infants in the new life in Christ. He says, I fed you with milk, not solid food. Meaning, all the things he told them, the preachings that he gave them, the messages he preached, when he got there, they were all baby, 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 baby food. 
He says, I couldn't, I gave you milk. That's only food. For you were not, he says, for you were not yet able to receive it. Even now, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, controlled by ordinary impulses. The sinful capacity. For as long as there is jealousy and strife and discord among you, are you not unspiritual? Are you not walking, in, walking like ordinary men, unchanged by faith? For when one of you says, I am a disciple of Paul, another one says, I am a disciple of Apollos, are you not proving yourselves unchanged? Just ordinary people. You know in the churches where they divide themselves, I like the assistant pastor more than the senior pastor. I like the senior pastor more than the One time a pastor traveled, and then somebody said, whenever he travels, we are happy, because the assistant pastor has the fire. When he comes back and the church becomes some way, division, division. He said, all that is baby. Is baby. These such people can never receive solid food. They can never grow. God can make a movement with them. Because they are kind So they are always stuck in elementary teachings. Always stuck in elementary teachings. One of the reasons, you know, when I had to visit the, the, the church, and they put me in the Sunday school. I don't know if it's because I, I took my wife's car, so I had to return it. I still have left. Because I can't be in a Sunday school class. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Are you getting it? Because I'm not there. I'm not in that, I'm not in that grade. So I'll be seated and, I'll, and I might end up questioning what the man is saying. Depend on what he says. And to avoid all that, I would have ordinarily still left. Why? Because that is their system. First timers, you go to Sunday school. Do you have a system that, that is able to grade people on their spirituality? No. It's just that once you're a first time, I just go there. Fix yourself and we find something and later we see what we can do. It's sad. But they are trying to help it because once you're a first time, they believe that you don't know some things. But that's where there should be somebody there to ask you questions. So what do you know about Christ? And as they're hearing you, oh, you, you even come and preach, come. <laughs> then to give you some food to eat, and say, sit down, and we are waiting for the man of God to come. So when I got up, and I was calling my wife, then I saw the pastor coming, and other people, you know, say, oh, okay, so this is a Sunday school pastor. I said, wow, and then they're following, I said, wow, nice protocol. I love it, but I, 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 I don't feel they here. We got to go up. Amen. That is why a lot of Christians find it difficult to hear God's voice because they are in the elementary stage. If your heart desires to grow, it's like you are carried by the wind. You move. Surprising. Because all of a sudden, an understanding hits you. And look, the more you understand, the more you are moving. 
You, you get it? Oh, you don't see how? <laughs> Do you see how? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The more you understand, the more you are moving. You, you saw that in the wind, God was not there. Yet, it was breaking the mountains and the rocks. In the fire, God was not there. It was a gentle blow where the still small voice came. With this reality, you cannot be deceived by screaming of somebody preaching. You cannot be deceived. Because now you want to discern into what he's saying. You discern into what he's saying to realize the power or the wisdom behind what he's saying. But not just making noise to just make the people scream, you know, and next year by this time, especially on the 31st night and in the first Sundays of every year, I see you doing this, and you are saying amen, and they are sowing the seeds, and I say, but you see, what will push them is the wisdom that they don't have, the understanding that they don't have. Because how can you be in an elementary stage? And, and that's why they think that when they have the cars and they have the houses, it means God is blessing you. It's elementary understanding. The one who has grown further in the will of God is not even happy when you get a house. Do you know why? God can tell you anytime, give the keys to that person. Those who are in the will of God, they're not even excited when, when they get five cars or ten or, or a, a new house because you can be sleeping or sitting and you hear this house you are in is not for you. It's for to so and so. Go and give it to him or her. And the next thing you know, you are houseless. That's the capacity of the will. He says they suffer obedience in suffering because of the will. You catch it. So it's a different, it's a different move. It's a different life. It's a different realm. Others are doing housewarming because they got a new house. But the spiritual person that just got another thing knows it's, it's, it, he, he's, he's not celebrating yet until the father says, keep this, keep this one, keep it. <laughs> Several times I have things and the Lord tells me it's not yours. A lot of times, it's not yours. It's not yours. It's for that person. It's not yours. But a guy in elementary stage gets the same thing and is jumping and is giving testimonies. Not even know that God wanted him to give to this person. He didn't know it. To him, it was. It was, it was. So we are, the, we, are, we are helping people kill their growth. Have mercy. Yeah. Very simple. First time God spoke to Hosea, you know what he said to him? Go marry a prostitute. Suffering in he said, you are learning obedience in suffering because of his will. And God told him, she will cheat on you. And that is what my people are doing to me. I am married to my people Israel and whatever the prostitute will do to you is what your people Israel they are doing to me. So God was translating his, his work and, um, and disloyalty with Israel in the demonstration of the marriage of Hosea. 
Is it fair? It is going his way. And Goma, that, 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 that prostitute, will, will go cheat. And those days, when, when, when you are like that, and they, they catch you, they sell you for, to, to be a slave. And God will tell, her, to tell him, they are selling your wife. Go buy her with the highest price. So he goes there, publicly. And then his wife is there, be humiliated, and they are selling her. And then he will give the highest price. And then they will give her back. So, so you, your wife is a prostitute, and you come and prophesy to us about the judgment of God. These were the things he suffered. And he realized that is a walk that people had with God. It was a demonstration. God told him, when you give birth, give the name of the child as this, meaning my people will be punished. So the name of the child means punishment. <laughs> Another time you give birth, he said, and I shall forgive my people. The name of the child is called forgiveness. That was the life of Hosea. Because of the will of God. Yet, others who were in the basis of growing in God were enjoying their weddings. Yet, he was to marry a prostitute. If you don't have that understanding, you think God doesn't like you. And you, you doubt and question him several times. Your prayer life is a mess because you don't know where to start from and how to end it. You don't know what to do. Yet he learned obedience in suffering. Mercy. Well, for by now, to be teachers. They should be teaching. How many of you can easily teach about repentance? How many of you can easily teach people what it means to be born again? Can you do it? Easily. And it's not about being born again means you have received Christ into your life. You are born again. You are no more in the world. An angel will even pour water on you. That's not the teaching you're talking about. Yet, it's in my first book, Six Lives of God. The first page, there are three levels of understanding God gave. And I put it there. Why? So that people can learn these things and go to the next level. And teach. That's why we say he gave unto some apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some evangelists, some pastors to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry, which is the will of God. Not for how to make money. No, no, no. But for the will of God to work in their own ministry. And because we are dull to one world, go deeper into this and get the understanding or move into the fullness of it. We, 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 we hear, we think, we, we know the thing is true, but we put it somewhere. And that's what he was telling the dial, dial, dial of hearing. Because other things took their attention, other things took their focus than the actual real thing in their lives. So that was a problem. It's still a problem in the church.
Any questions? Let's have communion, please. Our time is up. You got any questions? Hmm. Endeavor highly. Endeavor highly to walk in the will of God. Amen. You have the communion in your hand. Place a demand on it. Pray. Release your face. You release your faith. Release your faith. Receive a blessing from the communion. I say na 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 Most sembre fanino sebreco fidias Zarinino secradico venus La senenema sebranana mosa cabrosi povai Lace ya dada da brosi ya fanenemi Saredo shebra niko farijoste. Panana senore niko fende laste bridash. Zani ni monofani no sebreya. Shadu sen no setai. Hmm. Kiuri distofadas. Ni senima pradu feno secradidesh. Asani ni masofkradidesh tabai. Lo same bradi covenasta prahidus. Koshanini hasta cradi dofadais. Zeno men pena sofala dostaidus. O ranim facos de pradivedaist. Lisunimalosh cradi divasta for faladosta. Thank you, Father. For it shall be said of us. These are the people the Lord has strengthened. It shall be said of us, these are the people full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. It shall be said of us, that these are the people the Lord has made perfect his strength and grace. And so shall it be for us as we take the communion. For this is the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. And we receive it with all humility and faith. In the name of precious Jesus. You are going out here stepping into the grace of God than ever before. Going out of this place. With the love of the Father and the presence of the Father. And many shall indeed call you blessed. Pray that the will of God will become solid in your life. And you shall be able to fulfill in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's take our communion. Close us, please. I've opened it here for you today. Shall we please be on our feet? We're going to read from Hebrews 13 20 to 21. Can repeat after me. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant. That is Jesus our Lord. Equip you in every good thing to do his will. Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Glory forever and ever. Amen.